Warning, the following podcast contains strong language which some listeners may find offensive. wrestling podcast you know what that means hello welcome to another episode of our untitled wrestling podcast aew review easy for me to say my name is jay as always joined by big tasty ben jackson how are you ben word yeah uh, there's no Aaron this week we've um we've left him in his like matt jackson universe loneliness <laughs> yeah aaron's uh, doing nxt with us this weekend in this, in this, I am very much the dark order. You are hangman. We can have fun like riding each other later. It'll be fun. <laughs> Wait for the uh, the dark orgy with the hungman. Um, yeah. But yeah, before we do get into what I thought was a very good episode of Dynamite, um, if you want to tell us what you thought about it, you can find us on social media over at Untitled Rest Pod on Twitter, Untitled Rest Pod on Discord, and Untitled Wrestling Podcast on Facebook. Um. Yeah, let's just get into it. So, yeah, so they, they must have had like a, a little sit down meeting um, before the show backstage and just said, Should we just do a show where like all the matches are absolute bangers? Yeah, um, yeah, it, it opens up with um, so on the first episode of Dark Elevation, Tony cut Tony Khan cut a very, very awkward promo, but essentially it, it was just it, to it set had, this match up. It had that like impact advert energy, didn't it? Mm, well. He feels a lot more comfortable, like on him. He feels a lot more comfortable when it's pre-recorded. When it's live, he, he seems to panic. Um, I kind of like it. He's got that. He's got that like nervous energy. Um, yeah. You know, he makes emotional decisions. He's an emotional guy, as he as he is, like likes to tell us on on impact. And um, yeah, I, I like the fact that he's just a big nerd, basically. <laughs> who gets? He is. Who, he is. who gets to run a, a wrestling company because he's made yeah. books. So. He's a he's a very very big nerd um, indeed. Who gets to run his own wrestling company? I'm very jealous of that. Um, but yeah, it basically. Um, so just to give a little bit of backstory to anyone who hadn't seen it, they, they did sort of cover it on recaps, but it wasn't great. Um, Kenny Omega said to Matt Seidel on the first episode of Dark Elevation, "If Seidel can beat Nakazawa, he'll then get a, a future title." Um, Future match that could give him a title opportunity. They call, it, they call, they, they call it a title eliminator match, don't they? So it's like if you beat the champion, you get a title. Yeah, match, basically. I, I really, I really like the fact that they do that because it, it's kind of like a nice way around the ranking system. Like, and also, up to this point, um, nobody's ever succeeded in AW so yeah. far. Yeah, and it, it's it's also called a nice callback to obviously Kenny won the um, won his title shot by winning the title eliminator. Yeah. So by putting on these like kind of exhibition matches against himself, and if you if you beat the champ, you get a title shot against the champ. It's quite cool. Um, also sets up nicely for when um, when Hangman does eventually beat him in one of them, and then take the yeah. Belt so off so Kenny on dark on dark elevation, he actually interrupted Matt Seidel's promo and he to like sort of just take his time because he, he just he just came in like Billy Big Dick saying he was the champion and it was his time and whatever, and then pretty, this, pretty this, much yeah. They sort of got into it, and yeah, they said so. So they had, they had a great match with Nakazawa, where Nakazawa came out still in his like assistant gear with his earpiece in. He, he kept his headset on for most of the match. 
Yeah, um, he actually lost the match when Machado pulled his pants down and then kicked him in the head and he went down like a felt tree. Yeah. Um, so then um, Kenny, Kenny came out and said he wanted to he wanted to have the match right there and then he hit did he hit a woman and then he yeah, he hit hit a woman danger straight away and then pretty got, much yeah got the rest of count three the bell hadn't rang and then Tony came out cut his off a promo and said basically Kenny was going to business for himself he he didn't make the matches Tony made the matches so it was going to be on this episode of Dynamite and therefore here we are yeah um, so Kenny gets his full cleaner entrance back uh, he's got the girls back he's got. The big introduction. Uh, he hasn't had that for a couple of weeks, has he? Um, no, he he did, however, once defeat Masadel in a New Japan match, which did not take place in North Carolina. Yeah, that is very true. Um, um, cool thing I, I noticed um, recently about Masadel's entrance: the little our oh, time in my time to you know thing at the start of his yeah. when he comes out with him and Mike, it says our time, and when he comes up himself, it says my time. Oh, I did not notice that. Yeah. When, when, when they're a tag team it says oh when it's singles match it says mine that, that's um, very very similar to um, three man band yeah and when when uh, Heath took the music back it was just I'm just one man <laughs> um, yeah so um, the match itself was excellent it was yeah. really good I mean, it was uh, a great it was a great opener like really high energy um a lot of it was so it was they mentioned it on commentary. Um not it's not very often that you get a match where Kenny Omega is both the slowest man in the match and the biggest man in the match. Yeah. And well, he really had to work a different style here because obviously Matt Sidell is this sort of extreme, like, you know, blue chip high flyer and Kenny had to keep him grounded for this entire match, which it, it let him work really heel. Like he was it was it was stiff shots and like you know, submission holds to sort of keep him on his feet yeah. all over the place. Um, but it was really cool to see this other side of how, like, of Kenny wrestling. Yeah, Kenny, you could see, was getting very frustrated with Seidel's speed advantage over him as well. Because obviously, as you say, he's normally the quicker man in the match. Um, there was a really cool reversal to a V-trigger very early on. And th- that was kind of like an ongoing thing throughout the match that Seidel had the V-trigger scouted. Yeah. So he wasn't going to fall into that trap. Um but yeah, Kenny goes for a V-trigger and Seidel kind of sidesteps it and like sweeps his leg and then hits a standing corkscrew moonsault. Um, yeah, that was really good. Yeah, and then there, there was a um, really, really nice fisherman's buster at one point by Seidel for a two-count as well um, after he'd hit like a top rope hurricane runner. There, there was a very, very nasty bump in the match. Uh, Just where the other top rope hurricane runner. Yeah, where Seidel <laughs> goes for another top rope runner. Kenny kind of slides through his legs and Instead of like, because I thought he was going to slide through his legs and just power bomb, but he didn't. He slid through his legs and just walked forward. So yeah, and Seidel's already jumped in the he, air. Yeah, he literally goes as Matt jumps. So he sort of like slips out as like he moves away. And Matt Sidogas literally comes down, sits on the top ropes, and just bounces off. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know how they managed like, to, I don't, I don't know how he to like um, fix that so that he didn't like fly into Kenny and hurt both of them, but it, it all worked out. He nearly, he nearly did land on Kenny, to be fair. Yeah. But Kenny just like, um, sort of walked forward, dusted his hands, and was like, yep, I just got out of that. What do you want to do? Yeah. Um, Seidel reverse another V trigger this time with a uh, roll up. It's like that like, roll up he does where he slides around the leg and. Yeah, uses his whole body to pin them. That was, that was really, really good. The, the, um, this, this match built, we, we spoke about it very briefly as I was watching it before, this match built for a really good finish, like a really fast-paced, like high-energy climax, um, which was yes. which is super cool. It's definitely the best that uh, Matt Seidel's looked in AW, in my opinion. Well, I mean, they even said on commentary that this was his best match on Dynamite since he came to the company. 
Yeah. Um, um, there was, no a, there was a super cool spot where um, Seidel came off the top of a meteora and Kenny just caught him like by yeah. his knees and powerbombed him. Which was mad. One, yeah. And then Horrible. just feet triggered um, him to Narnia. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, like, yeah, he, he goes for, for his little V-trigger uh, fest that he does when he's building up to the one-winged angel. Goes for the one-winged angel. Seidel reverses to a poison runner. I love the fact that, like, the story of the match was that Seidel had done his own work. Like, yeah, and when, reversed, so, like, even, like, when he had him up for the one-winged angel, he like he flipped around a bit to like sort of get his legs right. Like he, he yeah. sort of broke the arm, the arm hold that Kenny had on, and then sort of repositioned himself, and then just nailed him. Which it looked, it looked super slick. And like, like I know Matt Seidel, he, he sort of he came into to AW under a bit of a bad cloud with the with the botch in the battle royal. And he never really, he's never really hit the ground properly, like running. As he's never like, he's never like been able to build any momentum because I think because of that, like, I think they were a bit hesitant. I to think push from him. like from his WWE days as well, though he's like a guy who just seems like wasted potential. Like to me, mm. like he, he had the opportunity to be like a really big star in WWE, and then for whatever reason, he kind of got in his own way. Yeah, with he, like a few fail, like failed drug tests yeah, and stuff he, like that. He did a bit of the, he did a bit of the marijuanas, I think, didn't he? Did a bit of the Mama Joanna, yeah. Um, so yeah, um, the, but I I thought this told a really good story. This match with like, as I say, Sidell doing his homework, having Kenny well scout, well scouted, reverse the first there, uh, one angel to a poison Rana, um, and then Sidell goes up top. Kenny meets him up top with a V trigger, which how he got the high, I don't know. Uh, In perspective, so Kenny Omega, who is a shade on the sixth foot. Need Matt Seidel, who was also about six foot, in the face when Matt Seidel was still on the top rope, and Kenny was and Kenny was running, Kenny was running along the floor. Yeah, um, and then he goes for another one winged angel off the top, and this time Seidel kind of like uses the momentum as Kenny's pulling him down to like grab the ropes, and then reverse that into like a victory roll gets a two point nine count I put because it was I thought it was over so close, yeah. And then, um, yeah, Kenny takes absolute umbrage with that. Mayor the side out with a V trigger, hits a one winged angel, wins the match. Um, I mean, this is fantastic. He, he hits the V trigger, and the way Seidel sells it, it looks like he's out cold from the V trigger. Yeah. And then he just gives he a one winged angel as well, just just because. Yeah, he didn't need to hit a one winged angel. He, he already had the match done. Uh, yeah, excellent, excellent match. Really good way to open the show. AEW got a really good kind of. Um, formula nowadays where they'll open the show with like such a strong match and it kind of it kind of gets you in the mood to watch a really good show every yeah. time um, yes, this, I mean I, I, I came I've just come from work and I put this on I just had my lunch and I was kind of feeling a bit lethargic you know because I'd just eaten something and I'd, I'd kind of I was kind of you know this and that and then this match came and I was like fuck no I'm jazzed let's go yeah that's it it was, it was like having a fucking shot of espresso when I was watching that match <laughs> last night um yeah, so after this, uh, we get the Dark Order preparing John Silver by getting him to dodge coffin drops. Um, and then a uh, nice little moment with uh, every everyone kind of like so goes Ren- off. So chatting. Reynolds does one, then Stu does one. And like, how they do it, like Uno and Ten catch him like behind. So um, Silver steps out of the way and they just fall. It's like a, it's like a trust exercise and they just fall back. Like and, trust like, fall, yeah. and like Uno and Ten catch them. And then <laughs> after the two, um, five comes up. You, you know what's going to happen. Yeah, so five goes to do a coffin drop, and Silver moves out of the way, and then everyone else just lets him fall. Yeah, um, really nice moment uh, after it though, where Hangman's like, 
either way, win, win, uh, lose or draw, I think these guys are going to be really proud of you tonight, John. That was a kind of lovely, that was a kind of lovely little moment, like like a really nice like because it was quite a funny promo, and then you had this like quite genuine, emotional like little little bit of real wholesomeness. Like Hangman's such a lovely guy. I just want to, I really just want to have a, a beer with him. Yeah, I, uh, I think I think that's kind of what they're going for, really, isn't it? With the um, with the way they're presenting Hangman now, they want to make him come across as like an everyman and like someone you just want to go for a beer with. And yeah, I want to go for a beer with Hangman too. Um, after this, we get Cesar Benoni versus Hangman. Um, I forget how big Cesar Benoni is. He is a huge hog molly, isn't he? He's such a large like, unit. He's a big man, a big, terrifying man. Um, th- this match was it wasn't very long at all. Um, it was just, this, much- this, this was kind of a weird match because it was it was a squash match effectively because Hangman picked up the win fairly quickly. But at the same time, it started with Caesar just using his power to sort of manhandle Hangman a little bit. Yeah, he was um, he was overpowering Hangman and kept counting him using his strength. There was a bit where Hangman goes like the pump handle fall away, and Caesar kind of like jumped out of it and just body slammed Hangman, um, and then just kind of pretty much out of nowhere, Hangman hits and explodes the suplex and then a bookshot to win. Um, yeah, I mean they, they sort of played on the fact that obviously it was the experience edge the hangman had and like obviously he's well good at the wrestling, so he just was able to just overcome and, and sort of take advantage really, wasn't it? Um yeah, great yeah. fact. Decent enough match. Um makes Hammer look good. He he, he felt a big a bit literally took out a big opponent. Yeah, makes him look strong. Happy days. Yeah. Um Hangman has a couple of page wises on the stage after the match. Um and then we got a promo from Lance Archer sitting in it's like that ruined house that he on like that ranch he's been doing all his promos from, isn't he? I know, um, Jake, um, Roberts, Jake Roberts is murder god. Yeah. <laughs> and he's talking about like how he's got respect for Sting and how, how there wouldn't be any Lance Archer without Sting. And he's got hold of the bat and he's just like, sooner or later, I'm going to come for you because you keep yeah, taking my time. He said like, obviously he said he respects him and, um, you know, he's one of the greatest of all time, but then, but now it's his time. Yeah, and so it's like it's almost like a you know I respect you, but you know fuck it, you're in my way. So this is what's going to have to happen. And Jesus Christ, um, I really hope Sting doesn't die in this feud. I think I I get the impression that they're going to protect Sting with like a lot of like um, cinematic matches going I mean, we, forward. We, we've talked about like this will probably we, we we hope this will take place in that like outdoor ring that they had on the early Blanchard promos. Yeah, with all like with all the dudes getting beat up. I mean, Lance Archer, you look at, like, you, you, he looks like he's killing people, but then you look at something like the blackout, and he kind of, a lot of the time, it looks like he's, like, killing them, but you can see he's just placing them down very... Yeah, I mean, he's, he's an experienced guy. He's a safe guy. He's, he's, he's been around a long time. And he's, he's, he's a big, strong guy. You can, you can, you know, you can move people around safely. And I'm sure they wouldn't put him and Sting together if there was any concern for, for Sting's safety. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um... And yeah, I think I'm, I'm quite excited. I think I, I assume it's probably going to happen at double or nothing um, in May. Yeah. And I'm quite, quite excited for that. I think it might be quite a fun little match. Um, we then get uh, Tony Schiavone doing, he'd done quite a lot of these throughout the show. Then he like just interviews like on the stage, but then he'd segue to the next thing he's, from that. Yeah. He's not, he's not quite at like the Alex Marvez level of just appearing for an interview, but he's, uh, he's definitely knocking on the door. Yeah, um, so he interviews Britt Baker on the stage. Everyone's booing Britt. And, oh, um, no, first of all, 
everyone's sort of giving her a round of applause. She has to go to, like she, this week. I mean, she put on a legit match of the year contender last week. Uh, yeah. She had to go to the cheap heat to get the booze. She had to, she had to oh, call up. She had to diss Mick Foley. Yeah, she went front. She went after National Treasure Mick Foley. Um, Which so makes yeah, sense. Called, I mean, Mick Foley was the master of the cheap pop. So if you invoke him for cheap heat, then that's it's yeah. kind of what he'd want, I suppose. He he said he actually tweeted out as well that. Um, like after she said what she said about him, which she the line she said was, um, I it took me a night to become a hardcore legend. It took McFoley twenty years, yeah. um, and McFoley like tweet credit to me. He tweeted out going, that really hurt my feelings, and then I got all sad face. Yeah, and it's like that's all it needs. And like McFoley's like the most lovable man in wrestling. Let's say so. You say anything bad about Mick straight away, everyone hey, hate you. He's literally going wrestling Santa. You can't you can't diss McFoley. Yeah. Can't diss McFoley. Um, yeah, she says everyone's as dumb and disrespectful as Thunder Rosa and that uh, Thunder Rosa should thank her for coming to her company and having a good match and that she's, she kind of takes exception with the fact that everyone's talking about Thunder Rosa saving the women's division when she's been there since day one and she's the kind of like the foundation of the women's division. Um, it's really cool because I was, I was wondering like in, in the wake of this like Thunder Rosa feud and particularly that match like are they going to have to turn a face because obviously that match was such a, a feat and it was so loved by everyone. Yeah, I don't think it, But they, 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 they were able to do, they were able to double down quite effectively here and yeah, you just have to take credit chain like why is everyone else taking credit for all of my hard work and she, she's got that like prima donna sort of like character now. Mm. She said obviously AEW um, pale in comparison to the current support on theirs, which are DMD. Yeah, I'm, I'm down with it. I, I buy her as a, as, a, as a top heel, like completely. Yeah, I, I feel I feel like they're really, they're, they're really like ramping up the sort of pushing Brit to take that belt off Sheeda now. Yeah. I, I feel like last week's match was kind of like the first sort of getting the wheel like, motion. Like the, the litmus test. Like, it's like if, if this goes well and if, if people yeah. like it, if people are receptive to this then we can take this credibility and use it as like the, the foundation for the push now, which is yeah. And th- this promo was kind of like the um, the sort of cement in that. In Obviously, NWA is back up now, and you don't know if Rose is going to be splitting her time between two promotions. Obviously, she might yeah, she might not be as available going forward. So we're um, on to another feud now. And according to Fightful, with that Rose is going to be pretty much as active as she was with oh, AEW. Sad. I mean, I know, I know, it's only. Um, so where, where do NWA take? Georgia. Oh, so it's not far. It's it's not a big no. trouble. And also the other thing as well is that um, NWA are pretty much like doing. I think it's like a month or two recording. Oh, over right. like so they're doing like in two Rochdale. days. So just yeah, yeah. So then. yeah, she can literally do that and then go do AW as normal. Um, so it shouldn't affect it too much. But yeah, I, I like the fact that Brit's still referring to Thunder Rosa as like an outsider because obviously she's not been signed by AW yet because she can't because she's still on the contract. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I think I think Brit's definitely like a dead set to take the belts off Sheeda at this point. Yeah, um, yeah I, can, I can definitely see that. I mean, I think it'll be maybe at the next pay-per-view or maybe even the one after. I think double or nothing, yeah. They, they seem they seem to be putting Sheeda in a bit of a um, bit of a sort of like holding feud at the moment, with which we'll get to later on yeah. um, with a few people to kind of, because they're probably going to do another like, like pay-per-view style dynamic before we get to oh yeah they'll, nothing because there'll, def- there'll definitely be something in april um to sort of keep the yeah. bubble and because so. that's how they roll um 
especially if they're up against the takeover. Um, they're going to need to do something pretty big to kind of secure the ratings on that bad boy. Um, next, we get Christian Cage backstage, hanging out with the Varsity Blondes and Dante Martin. It was quite cool that he like he was giving them advice and um, he, he actually said to Dante, I can't wait to meet Darius. I hope he recovers soon. I don't know. What's Darius out with? Do we know? Knee, you know, um, Bowens is a knee thing, isn't it? I don't know what Darius is. It kind of sucks. Like, you, you had your two like big hot tag teams debuting lately, which were um, Top Light and Top Light. And both of them have lost a member to injury, which is a bit, a bit unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, Top top Flight, they've got time on the side. Like Darius is only 22. Dante's just turned 20 like two yeah. weeks ago. That'll, that'll be so they'll be all right. Um, yeah, so he's kind of like imparting his knowledge to them because Arian comes up and asks him, like, he, he brings up Christian's, um, like, slogan on his shirt, outwork everyone. And he says, that that kind of bothers me because I feel I do that. Um, Christian calls him Cranky Frankie, um, which made me laugh. And, and if Arian just asks, he asked the question, we're wondering, like, when when does the work start? When when you're having your first match, Christian? When's, yeah. uh, when's, when's the debut? And then it's revealed that next week it's the debut and it's going to be against Kazarian. Yeah. Um, nice little impact reunion there. But you're I think, very I think that's, a, that's, a, that's a good first match for Christian. I think it's it'll be really easy for him to have a really good match with, with Kaz. Uh, Kaz well, is, yeah. Kaz is, and Ka, Ka, they've wrestled before. You know, they know each other. Uh, Kaz, Kaz is no slouch. You can put in a good match with anyone. He's, I, I imagine he's, I mean, I'm not a professional wrestler, but I imagine he's quite an easy guy to work with in terms of how, mm. he, can, how he can, you know, work in the ring. And yeah, I think I think it's a really e- nice way to ease Christian into the, the sort of AW like way of, of doing things. Well, as well, the other thing is he's had like one match in seven years. Well, so they, they don't even sell that; they they blank the rumble out of existence. Yeah. So Kaz says, like you know, all oh, seven years is a long time to be out of the ring. Completely, completely no selling the fact that he was in a, a televised pay per view just a month ago. Yeah, but then the the other thing as well, which you've got to take into account, I guess, is that with the rumble. As much as he was in there for like what, like 15, 20 minutes. Um obviously it's not a singles match. There's not like that you get you get the time to kind of like Yeah, you haven't you haven't got that and get his spot on you. You haven't always got to be doing something where in the obviously in the singles yeah. match when it's one on one, you're always the center of attention. So Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I'm really I'm really quite excited to see um, what Christine can bring to the table. If it's anything like anything that you did in TNA, it should be a really fun match. As well. That was that was like ten years ago, maybe. So maybe. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's not let's not maybe hold him to that that standard. Yeah, but I mean, Kaz hasn't aged at all. Christian looked good in the Rumble. Yeah, so, true. Um, yeah, we'll see. It's not like he's going against Christopher Daniels. Who's... No, no, Kaz is just turning like more and more into Antonio Banderas, like every day. Yeah, pretty much like, physically, um... which is great. You know, <laughs> if I look like Antonio Banderas on fifty, I'd be happy. Man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next, we get uh, Varsity Blondes and Dante Martin versus the Pinnacle making their First match as a as a collective. I like the fact as well, even though it's Tully's guys, like who've been with Tully for a while, this is still their first match together. Yeah. Um they made a conscious point to kind of keep um FTR and Spears separate till now, which is very cool. They have that little um, burger sentence where a guy's trying to knock on the dressing door and did a runner. Like <laughs> Yeah. And Tully like leads them out. Um so the match itself, um, it was pretty much like from the start, it looked like there was a, a bit of sort of, not dissension, but like a bit of, they, they kind of played off the fact this was the first time they were teaming together. Um, 
where like Spears was getting worked over by all the faces. Dax manages the blind tag his way in. They end up double teaming Pillman and um, the faces kind of run pin- the pinnacle out the ring. They all go for a dive and then stupid sexy Wardlow just comes and stands in the way and just stares them down. And they all um, stop. Like, oh, no, they don't, all, don't, 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 don't want none of that. So yeah, then they have like they have like a little strategy, you know, on the outside, uh, the pinnacle. They sort of like talk tactics. Uh, this match, I thought, was um, it was just a really good advert for FTR. Yeah, because every time, I mean, Sean Spears is a fantastic wrestler. He's, he's really solid. He's, he's a great worker. But every time, as soon as Dax got in the ring, like business picked up, like noticeably. Yeah, Cash didn't do much, did he? No, Cash. I I, I can't even remember him. Like, I, I think he must have. I can't remember him like tagging in and doing anything of a particular note. He, he did um he did like a bit of brawling on the outside with Hillman and he did something else as well, but other than that, he didn't really do anything. I wonder if he might be nursing an injury or something. Yeah, I mean Dax Dax um, Dax carried the match pretty much in terms of um yeah. and Spears as well. Um but Dax 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 was the star for me and this he um, he, put, oh, he's he, put, awesome. he put the ship in. Like I said, every time he was in the ring, he it felt like a, a step up in, in terms of quality and, and like sort of tightness and you know how good it was. Yeah, I, I like the fact as well. Um, there was, so there was a bit where like the heels were just isolating um, Pillman, and then Dante makes a hot tag, and he just like fires up on him, um, Dax and Spears, and he's like back and forth between the two. And then as it looks like he's finally getting the upper hand, Dax just kind of like hits a brainbuster out of nowhere on him. Yeah, was that when and he then, came in with the springboard moonsault? Yeah, and yeah, he, did, was... he did like a he did like like a backflip kick off um, Spears. Yeah. And it just looked mental. Um, but yeah, then obviously the numbers to get too much for Dante. Um, Dax hits a gorgeous looking brain buster and then Spears just picks him up and hits a C4 yeah. as uh, FTR are taking care of the Varsity Blondes. Again, FTR always with the tight team fundamentals, they clear the, they clear the ropes so no one can come in and save. You know, it, it just, it's just yeah. good, logical tight team booking. They are they are the best. You know, there's a reason why they're the best tight team in the business because they, they understand the psychology of tight team wrestling. Yeah. And it's, um, it's, it's great. Yeah, just just a not not in fancy, just a solid match, um, and it did did exactly what it needed to do for Pinnacle, but it didn't it didn't hurt Varsity Blondes and Dante Martin in any way at all. Um, they all got to look good at various yeah, parts. Yeah, of everyone. I mean, like we haven't spoken much about the faces, but yeah, Griff Garrison, um, Pillman, and, and Darius all got, they all got their shit in, and it all looked it all looked impressive. They all had a little sandy shine, which was which was really nice. Yeah. Um, so after the match, um, Cash says uh, the pinnacle is his family. He doesn't have like a wife or kids waiting at him for him at home. Um, Dak says the inner circle are like an, an SNL skit, and just like kind of like brings up the fact that they're not taking it se- like they're not serious. They're just kind of there to pop Jericho. Um, he kind of calls out Proud and Powerful as well, which is interesting. Oh, I can't wait for that. Yeah. Myself. Y- y- yes, please. Uh, all of that, please. Yeah, I, I can't wait for that. Um, MJF then calls out Jericho and Tony's like, and says the terror of the pinnacle. Tony says, well, they're all hurt. You beat them up and then Wardlow kind of intimidates them. And he's like, I, I mean, uh, oh, they're not, they're not coming out. What was MJF's man? He, he took another little dig at Jericho and it was brilliant. It was something like, was it like they're breaking? He said, every time you sit on a chair nowadays, it breaks. He said, yeah, something like they break records. The only thing that he breaks is whatever chair he decides to sit on. Yeah. Pretty much that was it, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh, damn. <laughs> um, we go from one faction to another after this uh, team Taz are talking about 
there being no problems in Team Taz. Team Taz, Taz are absolutely fine. Don't worry about Team Taz. Yeah. <laughs> There's no, there Taz are no like, issues at all within Team Taz. I love the fact that Taz is like, oh, yeah, yeah. Frank A. Jim, he apologised for what he said to... Apologised to me and he apologised to Ricky Starks uh, for what he said to about Sting and uh, disrespecting us. And he's like, I'm fine. You fine, Hook? Yeah, Hook's fine. You fine, Hobbs? Hobbs fine. Goes, Ricky, you find Ricky Starks the whole time is stood there like that kid who's like done like the instigating and caused all the trouble and then told the teacher and yeah. got the other kid told off. And he's, st- he's stood there like that. And he's like, absolutely, I'm fine. <laughs> and then, then Cage just like looks more and more annoyed. And then he just goes, um, he says, who better than Cage? And then that ends it. Um, I mean, yeah, they're, they're totally fine. I mean, it's Taz... The more Taz says the word fine, the more I think they're not fine. <laughs> but Yeah, I, I, I get the impression that Cage is probably going to do a murder on Ricky Starks at some point, which makes me sad. I mean, I'm, um, I'm just, I just know this is going to end in a, in a Cage v. Hobbs housewife, and I'm, I'm, I'm already there for it. Yeah, I, I, get the, I get the impression that, like, I mean, we were talking about it the other week, and I feel like Kate, Cage is kind of, like, the odd one out in that group. Like, Hobbs is... Hobbs is like the powerhouse, so and he's bigger than Cage, so Cage doesn't need to be in that role. And Starks is like the star, so so Cage doesn't need to be in that role. So it's like, where does Brian Cage actually fit in there? Um, yeah, and the, the match rate, he's, he's, I, I presume he's going to end up dropping the FTW belt to Hobbs, maybe, or even to Starks. Uh, if, if it's, it seems like they're setting up Starks and Cage to be the feud, the way that they're sort of going around. So yeah, I mean, from Team Tabs, from Team Taz, Ricky Starks is the guy they're going to try and make a star. I think. Yeah. Um, and then like, obviously Hobbs is as well, and Hook because they're both young. But I feel like Hobbs isn't like the immediate concern for them. I feel no, like Starks, Starks, is, Starks the is the Starks is the guy who's ready to go. Basically, if you need to yeah. push someone next week, then Starks is already there. You know, Stark. Yeah, Starks is the guy you can could take the TNT title off Darby Allen next week, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't be annoyed about it. Yeah. Um, and he, 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 for me, I think he's probably not far off being ready to go in the main events, like yeah. f- in the actual AEW title picture as well. Um, we then get QT Marshall getting interviewed by Tony on the stage. Um, and he talks about like everything he does for Cody and AEW, and that he just kind of he's just kind of fed up of it all, and he wants he wants like to prove how good a wrestler he is. So he challenges Cody to an exhibition match. Um, I mean, I know, this, I, know, I know this is meant to be a QT turning heel, but fuck me, I mean, he makes a decent point there. Yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? Like I always say that Cody's like Cody for me. He, he, they tried to make him out as like the baby face, but he the more like the heel makes good points about Cody, the more he becomes unlikable. Even like, even like when Brody was making, you know, was was taking ripping the piss out of him before the TNT title match, saying mm. about how all this and that, like he's he's not he's not there all the time, and you know this and that. It's like, oh shit, yeah, you know, he, he maybe does do a bit too much for himself or whatever. It, it's just it's just interesting that like obviously they're trying to push this this cutie Marshall, and then Cody comes out and acts like a bit of a heel. Anyway, mm. he's very patronising, isn't he? Yeah, he's like, oh mate, don't worry, we'll have an exhibition match, and I'm not going to hurt you. You know, I won't try and I won't try my hardest. It'll be fine. It's like, dude, you know, this guy just wants to prove himself to you. Just give him a fucking match. Yeah, he comes out in a sling and he says, Arn's going to be the referee. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if this was like a double thing, you know? Yeah. 
But, but, then, like, but then it's Cody, and Cody sees himself as the fucking babyface, no matter what. So he, 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 he literally did cut a promo and said, I'll never turn heel. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, we need to see what... Where that I mean, goes. some people might already think he is a heel. <laughs> he Marshall does. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I won't hurt you if I lock in the figure four, I'll break it straight away. If I go for crossroads, I'll reconsider it. I won't actually hit it because it's just an exhibition match and you're one of my best friends. And it's like, okay. I think, yeah, so I think, I think like what he's trying to get at there is like, it's going to be like a sparring match. So like, if he's going to lock in a movie, you'll like, be like, right, I've got it there. Look, this is, this is it. No, I'm not going to do yeah. it. But like, look, I could have. But I think, I think obviously yeah, Q- also- the, sort of, the sort of way they're going to play this, I imagine is QT is going to go like full try hard and like actually start fighting. Yeah. Also, um, that QT was bringing up his wife uh, a lot, and it was like, "Well, what about when you were trying to uh, trying to get the bunny to be your girlfriend?" Yeah, I mean, don't don't, don't pay any attention to that. That's fine. It's a little bit awkward, isn't it? <laughs> so yeah, um, what was on those credit card statements? He just burned his credit. just burned his credit card bill every week, every month when it comes yeah. in. So his wife clearly, it. clearly, QT's wife doesn't watch the fucking weekly show. <laughs> um, <laughs> Like, how, did but, you yeah. the, how, how did you get on the rest of this week? Oh, no, no, don't watch it. It's fine. I won. It was I don't worry about yeah. it. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we shall see what goes on there. I, I, I think, um, I, I, I think it's going to be just cutie, so we'll define the heel turn, isn't it? But yeah, I get the, I get the impression that maybe Cody should be the one turn heel just because he come across more heelish, but yeah. So he's very, he's very, he's got pretty much the same energy as like Cena back in the day, where he was like talking down to people who wanted to challenge for his throne, and it was like, well, they're good. <laughs> uh, anyway, next we have got um, a little unexpected uh, treat. Yeah, a little six-man tag. Um, Laredo the kid, Bros he's and back. Laredo kid versus the Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler. Laredo, Laredo Kid from the Fighter Fest. He's come back. Mm-hmm. Fresh off his own. So basically, obviously, um, in order to know, uh, Pac has a... He's recovering from an ankle injury. Mm. And as as he has previously, um, whenever whenever Pac is injured, they just, they just have Laredo Kid on speed down. He's like, yeah, happen again, can you? Yeah, brilliant. Okay, see you, see you tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, the, the little promo before where Penta kind of says the books have something that belongs to them. I don't know if he means Death Triangle or if they're kind of just like preparing for the fact that Pac might be out longer than they expected and they're just going to switch Pentagon in in place, maybe. Who knows? Um, yeah, I mean, they can do The whole point of like Death Triangle are pretty interchangeable in terms of like who actually competes in the ring, aren't they? So it's it's fine. Yeah. I mean, even, even if it's a even if Blue Bros and Young Book, it's not like it's fucking going to be a bad match. Either. No, and they can th- they can throw back to like the ladder match they had and like all that shit they did back in the early days, can't they? So yeah, um, so the match itself starts really interesting in the sense that they they had it. So it started off with Nick and Phoenix, and then both brothers tagged out their brothers, and then Pentagon and um, and uh, Matt Jackson come Jesus, in. Like, so when Penta comes in the ring, like he just like. In one in one move, he slingshots from the outside in, hits like a forward roll and springs up to his feet. Yeah, and he's not even the athletic one out of the three. And if I tried to do that, I would legitimately kill myself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, it's insane. Pentagon looked great in this match as he always does. Um, so uh, yeah, they 
the Raid Kid and Cutler then tagging as well, and they had like a really nice like like when did, exchange. When did, when did Cutler get really good? Cutler's always been that good. It's just he doesn't get like the chance to actually showcase it. Yeah, like he looked, he was doing like he was he had phenomenal forearm in this match. Like and it looked crispy as fuck. He did. Fucking Mark. Um, yeah. So the, there was a spot where like um, Laredo kid like dived on everybody, didn't he? And then yeah. Also, Penta dived on everybody, and then Phoenix went to that like kind of complete it, and Cutler from nowhere like kicked Phoenix in the back and hit a phenomenal forearm, and then dived on everybody. Um, that Penta dive, by the way, I love. I love what he, how he does that. He, he, he sort of runs full speed at the ropes, and then like without slowing down or breaking stride, he stands on the second rope and then jumps over the top rope. And I have no idea how he does it. He gets so much like airtime as well when he does it. Yeah. Every, like time, every time I see him do it, I think, oh fuck, he's going to catch his feet and kill himself. And he just doesn't because he's spent it and, he, and it's fine. Yeah. Um, Bucks and Cutler then isolate Laredo Kid for quite a big portion of the match. Um, Penta tags in and just sling blades everybody. Um, and Lucha Brothers super kick the Bucks. Phoenix and Nick then have like a really nice exchange where they're like, it's again it's just Phoenix and Nick just like know each other so well don't they? It's just it's just a part of the match where Phoenix just like forgets to obey the laws of physics for a bit. Yeah. Um and they, it's ju- fine. they just end up they just end up reversing everything, don't they? And yeah. Super kicking each other a lot. Um then Matt comes in, Northern Lights, um Laredo Kid, Penta tries to interfere, he gets him and does a, the final one with him. Um Bucks hit a Apron hung sent on on Penta, which looked nasty. Yeah, landing Pe- Penta took some horrible landings like late on in this match. Um, Bucks hit a, a sister Indy Taker with Cutler on Phoenix, and then uh, Nick Jackson hit a nasty looking DDT on the apron onto Phoenix just for good measure. Um, and then as like as like everyone's kind of fighting at ringside, uh, Cutler's up top, going looking like he's gonna finish off Laredo Kid. Uh, Laredo Kid just grabs him, Spanish flies him, and wins. Um, really good match. Really yeah, great, great looking Spanish fly as well. It looked, it looked Laredo nice. Kid's so good, isn't he? Yeah. Um, it's, mad, it's, mad, it's mad that he's just like, oh yeah, he's just the stand in we'll get when it packs injured. It's fine. Yeah. It, um, he's been doing some stuff in MLW recently as well. Yeah. 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 The match with uh, Leo Rush, which I still haven't seen, which I'm going to have to go back and watch oh, now. Nice. Yeah. Because uh, I think that would be very good. Um, did, he, did he drop the belt to him? There. He did. They unified the A Triple A belt and the MLW middleweight title. Um, so yeah, uh, Kenny attacks Laredo Kid after the match. He, he brings up Fighter Fest nineteen, where obviously it was Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid versus the Elite. Yeah. Um, he, he keeps he keeps like taking exception with the fact that the books have chose Cutler over him. Um, it was so. This is a really nice moment. Um. For Kenny, it sort, of, it sort of explained his like state of mind as well. So, yeah, he, he went on about how when he, you know, he left. Like he, he keeps referring to like he left his 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 home, which uh, I'm guessing he refers to as like New Japan and like Japan itself. And he left like the fans that loved him and like you know the fans that he loved. And he said that he could have gone anywhere. He could have gone to. He said you know a little dig. He could have gone to. He could have gone to the, the greener pastures in New York. Obviously, WWE in reference to the fact that he had a legitimate offer from WWE to go wrestle for them. And he said, but he didn't. He said he came here. He said he didn't chose AEW. He chose the books, like specifically. He came here not because of the company, but because of the, they were his friends. Yeah. And it's quite interesting that this this happened almost three years to the day from the Golden Lovers versus the Young Bucks match in New Japan. 
Very interesting. It's one of my favorite matches of all time and probably the best in-ring storytelling I've ever seen in a wrestling match in terms of how yeah. to use how to use like years of friendship to drive a story. Yeah. Um, and, he, and, and Kenny's he, and obviously Kenny's obviously a heel because he's being a dickhead. But at the same yeah. time, he's making a good point. He's saying his his, his sort of argument hinges around I chose you. I cho- I came here because I chose you, but you didn't choose me. Yeah. Um yeah, and again, he, he uh, a lot of like animosity towards Cutler. He's like, yeah. go, go be their cameraman and carry their bags. Um, and then I, Kenny turns around into a, a super kick from the Lucha Bros, and uh, uh, they end up hitting feet up after on him. Hold on, I mean, that always looks great, doesn't it? So that's always, that's always a good time. Yeah. Uh, good brothers then come out late to check up on Kenny, and then later in the show, it's revealed that. Um, Lucha Bros and the radio kid are going to be facing Kenny and the Good Brothers next week, which oh, yeah, that's I mean, going to be spicy. They're setting up a, a hell of a card for next week, which we'll they, we'll, we'll talk a, a bit more about it later when they announce some more matches. But Jesus Christ, yeah, and I love this. I love this like sort of gimmick of the, the Good Brothers are always late to the save because they just can't be asked to fight anyone. They're just like, yeah, we'll, we'll come out when there's no yeah. danger. I mean, if, yeah, you watch, exactly. if you watch, um, watch BTA, you know why they're late. Um, yeah. I imagine they're going to explain that more as well on BT uh, this week coming well, up. I um, mean, they're going to have to because uh, Gallows isn't allowed to beat off. So. He is. That's true. Oh, he isn't rather. Uh, we then get uh, Jade Cargill calling out Red Velvet for a future match. Um, Sound. We, we knew this was coming. We knew this was coming. Yeah. Um, my my takeaway from this is that Jade Cargill's really improved the promo since like the first time she come out. And yeah, I mean, it, it was hard for it to actually get worse, but yeah, I mean, it's gotten better. Yeah, like, I I, I mean, I, I thought she I thought she genuinely caught, like, a, a good promo. It was a bit odd like, in that she, she repeated, she, she, she did fuck up one line, I think. Hmm. But still, she's she, said, she, she, she said, like, we're both destined for great, destined from legends, and then, she, and then, she sort of corrected herself that I'm Desperate Legend we're both undefeated which is what the line was meant to be and it's odd that they left it in on a pre-recorded promo or maybe I don't know I don't know why that was there but anyway yeah, but it was fine it did, it, it did a good job of setting up the promo um, and I can't wait for them to have another have, have a singles match I think it'll be really good fun yeah um, should be good uh, we then get an announcement that uh, Cody and Brandy Rhodes are getting a reality TV show called Rhodes to the Top um, so let me get this straight. Uh, Cody has a game show. Miz has his own game show. <laughs> Cody has his own reality TV show. Miz has his own reality TV show. Is Cody going to star in the next Marine film? Yes, that's confirmed. TNT, uh, AW Studios are going to re- release the Marine. They're going to they're going to release the Squaddy. What this is all building. What this Cody. is all building to is a confirmation that John Cena is going to AW. Yeah. Um, also, Cody Rhodes is a mid-carder. Miz is a mid-carder, if we want to go into it as well. Um, but he, he, he takes exception if people call him a mid-carder, though, doesn't he? But I'll tell you what, the Miz has done that Cody Rhodes will never do, and that is hold a world title in 2021. Yeah, that's true, mate. That's very true. <laughs> Cody wrestled a celebrity. Miz is wrestling a celebrity at WrestleMania. Fucking one-upmanship. <laughs> so, yeah, after this, you get... Um, my favourite buddy cop combo of Eddie oh, Kingston and it's, Moxley. It's my favourite three and a half minutes every week of the the, the, the Mox and Kingston off yeah. the cuff promo. Ed, Eddie Kingston's got like a cast on his ankle. He's got, I've got a broken something. <laughs> and then he, uh, he 
he calls Bullet Club shirt tacky. And uh, like says, you, you just care about selling your tacky t-shirts. <laughs> uh, he try, he keeps trying to stand up on his cast, and then Mox keeps sitting down as well. <laughs> um, yeah, so so the, the sort of the sort of crux of this promo is kind of so they call out the Good Brothers, obviously, and like you know we're gonna fuck you up um, because you hurt us. But then they also like throw a bit of shit at your Mox and like basic single sorty shit out, Bullet Club yeah. in or out, make your mind up, sort it out. We don't care, just get it get it sorted, you know. So handle handle your business. Handle your business, basically. Yeah, we're getting a very interesting sort of dynamic here, where we've got like the books have helped Mox, and Mox is like, "Well, I owe you a favor, so we're probably going to end up getting Kenny and the Good Brothers versus Moxie in the books." Yeah. Um. But then also, there's the possibility that because obviously the little tease of like uh, Cutler and Kenny and. There's Mox and Kingston, but Mox and Kingston might get a third man, and then we've got kind of like a bit of gang warfare going on, but possibly. Um, but yeah, uh, Moxie basically just says the, to the books, they better be willing to get the hand dirty, which is a great line, isn't it? Um, you said, you said, you said, well, in fact, of um, yeah, they're, they're willing to basically, he basically makes out that him and Kingston are willing to get down and dirty. I think the word, the expression used was to get blood under your fingernails. Yeah, which is um, a nice, a nice image, and um, he, he, he signed off by um, pointing at Kingston's cast and saying to the books that you know they're playing with live rounds. Yeah, um, yeah. Again, these two just have like the best promos in AW, don't they? Yeah, like, they just, they just, it just, it's all off the cuff. You know, it's all like it's all ad libbed, and it's you know, it's it's just them being themselves, which is great, and it comes across really authentic and really believable, which is which is super. Yeah, I I, I get the impression we're possibly as well gonna end up. With Moxley and Kingston versus the Young Bucks for the tag titles at some point. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm right with that. Which I'm okay with that. Um, moving on, we then got Nyla Rose versus Ty Conti in a rematch from the uh, Women's Eliminator tournament. Which I love that match. I love this match. Um, yeah, this is like this is like the hero's journey coming coming to its conclusion here. This is this is brilliant. Yeah, uh, Ty gets uh, escorted out by the Dark Order. Yeah, which was nice, a nice little touch. No, it's kind of it's weird. So like, she comes out by herself and gets in the ring by herself, and then as she's like in the ring, like sort of posing, the whole dark order come out and just stand there and, and do the the hand thing and just show the support, and then they just leave. Mm. It's just like they just come out and be like, yeah, you, they just want to give the support, but yeah, you got this, and then they just leave it to it, which is which is great. Yeah, it's like she she's kind of like similar similar sort of role to Hangman, where she's friends with the Dark Order, she's just not a member of the Dark Order. Yeah, um, so like on dark and on dark elevation, she has negative one via side like the, for the whole match pretty much. Um, yeah. But obviously on dynamite, he doesn't, he doesn't really pop up on dynamite. Uh, I think they try and keep it a little bit a little bit more serious in tone, don't they? So he doesn't like because he, he you know he, he, and I I love him. I I know people like dickheads on the internet have taken have taken umbrage with him. You know with a with a boy enjoying himself on TV. But yeah, whatever, I, I, if, saw, if, I saw one person today on Twitter which upset me a lot, which was just again Amanda Huber said it's it's like kind of his way of their way of helping him feel like he's part of something yeah like, just... she, she made a point on like the podcast um the other podcast she did about like him him being a dynamite a it's his favorite place in the world to be and, like mm. he asked he actually asked like they asked him what he wanted to do for his birthday and his his, his, his list of things in order were it was number one was dynamite number two was disney like, yeah after dynamite so you know um and yeah she she basically make a point about like him being him being allowed to go out and, and spend time around the ring lets him have that connection with Brody. Yeah. 
because that's how Plan. he knew it. That's how he knew his father mostly was as a wrestler. And, and so yeah, let, he, let the kid deal with it the way he wants to deal with it. Yeah, like it's, it's, they, they've it's, also they've also pointed out that it that he gets to go there is like a privilege. Like if he's doing well in school, which he is, yeah, and he's doing well with his therapy session, which he is, then he, he they're kind of like rewarding him for being able to sort of overcome stuff that. If you if you can't enjoy a wrestling match because there's a kid at ringside having the time of his life, then I'm, I'm pretty sure that's on you. Yeah, but anyway, um, this isn't about negative one as much as we love the kid. Um, it's about Nyla and Ty. Um, so yeah, straight from the bell, Nyla pounces Ty. Um, Nyla, Nyla works a really nasty style in this match, like uh, like really like, rough and and like Nyla's Twitter was like she took she made a personal. She was bringing up like. Germany murdering Brazil in the World Cup a couple of years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and she kept like putting gifts of like salsa dancing open and stuff like that. Um like Nyla was Nyla was throwing in like fish hooks and she was biting Ty's fingers and she also she was playing real day. Yeah. Um Ty Ty does a couple of really nice judo throws on Nyla as well. Nyla hits um the diving knee strike on Ty and then like I love, instead of going I love that diving knee. It looks so good, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, as well, it's it's like the quickness she actually does it. Like you forget it because, like, obviously Nyla's like a lot bigger than a lot of other competitors in the women's division. So she is. She, pre- she presents herself and is booked as a monster, like an awesome Kong style yeah. monster. And then you see her like literally just jump straight to the top rope, like in one in one jump. Yeah, like, and you're like, oh shit, okay, she can really. You, you forget actually how graceful she is when she like. <laughs> wants to be because she works heel she doesn't do it that often so when she does you're like oh fuck me yeah where did that come from um yeah so uh like nyla just starts choking ty across the ropes uh distracts aubrey and vicky uh slaps ty ty kind of like snap there where she like gets out the ring and starts like walking towards vicky and uh nyla just flattens her on the outside there's a little change in like and you say from that moment there's a little change in sort of ty's style as well um yeah she it's almost like she opens the door a bit and like a bit of a bit of the uh, you know she crosses over to the, not 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 going heel but like she she sort of gives in to the sort of aggression. She, she ups her intensity. Uh, Ty, like because Nyla does like the whole like Brazilian dancing over Ty as well, and Ty, you can see Ty's more pissed off by it. Um, Nyla goes for a flipping sent on Ty, gets her knees up, and then just starts like kneeing the shit out of, t- of Nyla in the corner. Um, there was a really cool spot as well where she's like she's joking Nyla on the rope. And then she gets up on like the corner turnbuckle and runs across the like rope, not not far, but takes a couple of steps across and then just kicks Nyla in the side of the head. Yeah, it was it was um, very much a sort of counterpart to the to the diving knee that Nyla did. It was very very sort of simple. Yeah. It was on the outside and it looked it looked it looked really good. Yeah, um, Nyla goes for a beast bomb. Uh, Ty fight, manages to fight out. Um, she goes for like a roll up. Nyla sits down on her and starts like punching at her. Yeah, again, uh, it, Nyla wasn't even interested in the pin. It was just, it was all about, like, pain and, like, the delivery yeah, of pain. It, it like, was about just beating up. Um, yeah, just, just beating the shit out of um, of Ty was just Nyla's goal. Uh, Ty ends up hitting the DD Ty, which is, like, the hammer lock DDT. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm absolutely so, into that. That looked really good. Yeah, Nyla took that, like, a champ as well. Fuck me. She, like, she looked like she landed, like, right on top of her head. Um and Ty gets the win. Uh, finally, third time to charm. Um, after the after the match, um, Nyla and Vicky start attacking Ty. Did they say? Um, I forgot to check the ratings. I'm sure they said that um, Ty's number one 
ranked now. She is number one ranked. Yeah, uh, she's eight and two in twenty twenty one. Really? I mean, yeah. Um, uh, well, nine and two now. Because this is, um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, Vicky and Nyla attack Ty. Uh, she either makes the save, and then the bunny comes out and uh, beat down Sheeda and Ty with the kendo stick. Um, Matt Hardy, the butcher and the blade, are stood on the stage, like in the end, in the heel entrance, just kind of watching. Uh, the butcher just shuffling like uncomfortably, like he, he was just like spoiling for a fight. Um, and uh, yeah, Matt Hardy says that the women's eliminated tournament was a joke because the bunny got overlooked, um, and she wasn't picked for the tournament, and that he's gonna he's gonna rectify that. Um, uh, a bit, 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 bit of quick real talk. So, um, obviously on social media recently, um, Ali did a very sort of very open and very heartfelt post about sort of her lifetime struggles with with depression and and how she's been in some hard places um and i think that i think it, it sort of it sort of grew from that that the reason she hasn't been wrestling like as an active in-ring competitor was because she's not felt in the right place to do so and she's mentioned that she's been you know she's been doing a lot better lately she's been getting a lot of a lot of really good help and i think she now feels like she's in a position where she can be an in-ring competitor again which is which is really cool um That's and it's, cool. it's it's fantastic so if she's able to if she wants to if she's willing to and wants to make return to the ring and she feels like she's in a place to do that then that's absolutely wonderful and you know i'm made up for her yeah um absolutely uh hopefully this is like the start of uh something very cool for ali as well because she's very good yeah, she, I mean, I, I know her from, from back in the Impact Wrestling times, mm-hmm. and yeah, she was she was great there. So if she can if she can have a little, it looks like it looks like so that they did two things here, and it looks like she may be setting up for a feud with Ty, um, which I'd be into. You know, I can't see Ty not going over in that feud, but it'd be nice if, if they could have a little program because she they have a little location later in the show as well. So yeah, I, I get the impression that maybe like Mahadi's still got his sights sort of set on the Dark Order, hasn't he? Um, yeah, and she's like Dark Order adjacent to she Ty. So you think if he's going to send someone to take out Ty, it would be it would be Ali. So yeah. Um, also, I get the impression that um, maybe we're going to get like a fatal four way with these four women. Yeah. At some point. Well, they booked a match for next week, haven't they? There's a tag team match booked for next yeah. week, isn't? But obviously, um, there's going to be tensions here because like Sheeta and Ty are eventually going to have to fight each other for the title. And then it's how long can Nyla and the Bunny, you know, keep their uneasy lines? So they could it could easily devolve into a into a four way situation here, couldn't it? Yeah. Also, I have special props for when Ali gets to the ring. Her, the second rope knocked her Bunny ears off, which was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. After after this, we get a video package for Arcade Anarchy, which is happening next week. Which is a. I'm, the, I'm kind uh, of intrigued. I had the fear when this match got announced, but I. I don't want it to be like a lumberjack match with arcade machines. I want it to be like, like the parking lot brawl. Like just, yeah. just have them have a street fight in an arcade. That'd be fucking awesome. Um, um, and they mentioned very Miro mentions very specifically that he doesn't want Charles to be his butler anymore, which is fine. Hmm. Which means that stupid stipulations off the kind of off the table. Um, yeah, he called. <laughs> he also called Orange Cassidy a human Xanax. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Chuck said Miro looks like uh looks stupid like Donkey Kong. And uh That would make Orange Kip. Is- and then he, he says and to ask Orange Cassidy, who would that make Kip? And I I, I don't know if so if, if Mira if, if um if Chuck is better than say Diddy Kong, I don't know what Chuck's don- I mean I, I imagine Chuck's got good Donkey Kong knowledge. Yeah, and well Chuck, Orange, Chuck's Orange, a massive gamer, isn't he? Orange like, Cassidy. Orange, 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 Orange Cassidy. 
obviously he goes that deep cut. He doesn't go Diddy Kong. He goes Donkey Kong Junior. Yeah, which which I appreciated. Um, and yeah, just say uh, again more like I, I like the fact that the best friends have kind of been sort of built up, kind almost as like hardcore guys now, like. That well, yeah, so, so Chuck's sort of Chuck's sort of um intro to this this little bit is he says like yeah you're probably gonna kick our ass but luckily for us we we're really good at getting our ass kicked yeah and we can come back um, to it basically so don't worry about it yeah I mean Chuck Taylor's had some like absolute wars in PWG when he was the champion in a guerrilla warfare so I think it, it's it's very it's translating very well over to like him doing a lot of like. Oh, speaking of Peter, like, I missed. I missed. I forgot to mention at the very start. Um, happy Excalibur because he got to mention about how Kenny and Matt met, used to fight in PWG at the Battle of Los Angeles. Yeah. You, could, you could feel like Excalibur's like, you know, blood pressure rising because he got to talk about PWG, which is always it's always a nice little thing for him. Yeah, any any chance he gets to reference PWG, will <laughs> um, we then get a very good Scorpio Sky promo? Um, yeah, again, I sort of, I sort of agree with him. <laughs> like, yeah, he, he says, um, because he says the problem with being underrated is if you're underrated for too long, people stop rating you. Yeah. Um, and he refers to himself as the face of the revolution, and that uh, he's got a match on Dark Elevation, hasn't he? Yes, but I can't remember who it was against because uh, I forgot to write it down like a dickhead. Um, but basically, he's got, he said he's going to kind of like show the new Scorpio Sky. He's a lot more. Int- he's a lot more intense. Seems a lot more driven. So, in 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 all sorts of media, and whether it be wrestling or films or whatever, TV, the best villain is always someone who believes they're doing the right Make thing. Point. It's always someone who's doing the right, the wrong things for the right reasons. If that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Like the, the like the the their goal is correct, but the way they attempting to achieve that goal is is what makes them bad. And like that's what Scorpio is right now. Like, what you, you can you can honestly sympathise with the, with his position and like how he's been overlooked. But obviously, trying to trying to break Darby Allen's leg isn't the way to go about it if you're a decent person. But you know, he's just yeah. You, you can I can see where he's trying to get to, but I don't agree with what he's doing to try and get there. And it's like it makes him a little bit like you can sort of like you know a bit like Thanos in in Avengers. It's like it's almost like a you can almost yeah. see. You can always see his logic, but at the same time, you're like, oh, well, yeah, but he's a bit of a dickhead. So, you know, yeah, and that's what makes a really compelling bad guy. And I think that's what Scorpius guy is, is quickly becoming. Yes, absolutely. Um, we'll definitely see, be seeing a lot more of that, I think. Um, speaking of uh, Darby Allen, we can now go to the main event, which is yeah. uh, the meat man, John Silver versus Darby Allen for the TNT title. Um, really nice moment from like the sort of bell. Where Darby kind of like points off the Brody, yeah, and they just like start chain wrestling, um, and just, again, just, it, it's it's cool that Darby's like doing like a lot more sort of like technical stuff. Like, I think a lot of people kind of ruled them out as just being like a daredevil who can dive on people and do shit like yeah, that. Yeah, dudes are dudes are really good wrestler. <laughs> like he could do he could do yeah. really good wrestles, and it's really fun to watch. Yeah. Um, and for the first like bit of this match, he just gets his ass handed to him. <laughs> Silver, Silver brings the brings the power. Yeah, uh, Silver absolutely flattens Darby with a crossbody at one point and throws Darby, uh, like just throws Darby corner to corner. Um, with a, a, like a, like a, a hard Irish rip as well, like sends him. He, yeah, uh, he hits like a really nice run and he's striking a brain buster at one point as well, and then gets like a gory special into a neck breaker, which looked mental. Because he's like he swung him round and then neck breaker them. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I, I pop for garbage specials like whenever I see them. I love them. Yeah. Um, Sting throws Darby into the barricade. Uh, oh, Sting, sorry. Who, Silver who, throws who, who, Darby into the barricade. <laughs> Re- I'm reading ahead of my notes there. <laughs> and then he like charges, misses, um, misses Darby completely, and, like barrels over. And then Ed uh, Reynolds. Reynolds like jumps over the barricade and helps Silver back with feet. I really like that. He, he, he comes to check on him and like Silver's sort of like favoring his right. He's like holding his right like upper arm quite tenderly, like he sort of hurt his shoulder or something, going like his, his upper arm. Well, we'll get on that in a minute. Um, yeah, Silver also had like he tweeted out he's got like a big bump on the back of his head from that. Yeah, where he like, it, 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 did, look hard like, on it the did look like his head like hit like the bottom of the barricade. Maybe as he went over it or something like that. Uh, he said he said he tweeted saying he just hit his head on the concrete. Oh, right. um, Darby goes for a dive on Silver and Five pushes him out the way and takes the dive and then Sting comes out um, to even the odds. 60-year-old with a bat, even the odds against six guys. I mean, um, I, I, I kind of don't understand what Dark Order were doing wrong here. Yeah, I mean, it was more like Five taking the hit for his friend. It, it wasn't like it took out Darby in the match at all. No, they didn't. They didn't hurt Darby. Silver, I, I mean, I say that Silver does hit, like, as soon as Darby lands on, like, five and, like, looks down, Silver hits a running German on Darby. Um, Darby goes for a um, springboard coffin drop in the ring and Silver catches him and gets him in the queen. So I always was a nice touch. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. That was a, that was, um, that was a nice little tribute. Yeah, a little tribute to Anna Banana. Um, and it looked like... For a second there, it looked like Darby was going as well. Yeah. But there was a couple of times in this match where I was thinking, fuck me, they're going to do it. Like, like the commentators sold, commentator sold the Queen, so like it was a huge deal, which really helped yeah. um, make it seem like it could be the finish. Yeah. Um, Silver is... Darby's on his knees, Silver's giving him like the kick. Darby starts like rising up and then you just start beating the piss out of each other. Yeah, so, really, um, so like yeah, Silver's like it's like yes kicks isn't it? basically just kicking him in the chest, and every, yeah. every time he kicks him, Darby's like flops over backwards and then like screams and like pulls himself back up, which was uh, looked super cool. It made Darby look like a real badass. Yeah, they they were punching the shit out of each other at this point as well. Um, Silver um, victory rolls Darby and gets a two point nine count, really really close. I thought it was over there, um, and then Darby gets up, hits a springboard coffin drop. And it's Silver kind of like, as Darby's go to get up for the uh, coffin drop, Silver gets up and just pump kicks him into the corner. Um, Darby blocks the super kick on Silver and like pushes him like out into the middle of the ring and then coffin drops onto the Dark Order. Um, it's really cool. So he, 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 I mean, he climbs up. I mean, it, it, it's it, the more you think about it, trying to think about it too much, don't overthink it. But he sort of just climbs up the top rope. And without even looking, he just sort of drops backwards, which is obviously really yeah. cool and really. But I mean, if you, if you want to be a killjoy, you're like, oh, how did he know they were going to be there? Don't don't worry about it. It looked really cool. Okay, ignore it. Yeah, um, it looks dope, and they all like literally just fall like skills. Like they just go everywhere. Um, and then uh, I like a special shout out to Stu Stu Grayson, who goes down, but literally doesn't get touched by Darby. So he goes down out of like the shock and momentum, and then he gets straight back up because he's like, oh yeah, I shouldn't really be hurt here. So he just jumps straight back to his yeah. feet. <laughs> I love Stu Grayson. He's just great. Um, so, yeah, uh, Dar- Darby's then on the top rope. Silver jumps up, hits a blue thunderbomb off the top rope. And, like, as part of the cover, Darby's foot, like, kind of, like, swings around to the rope yeah, to break so he, it. he sort of pulls him, like, over so high that his legs sort of, like, bend towards the ropes and just break the plane, which is unfortunate for, for John Silver because he definitely had it there with um, 
for a three. Yeah. That didn't happen. Um, and then Silver goes for the Brody Lee powerbomb. He does the pose. Um, Darby reverses it into a code red and gets the win. Um, after the match, Sting helps Silver up and kind of like shows him a bit of respect. Yeah, they and stick him and Darby, Darby fist bump, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, which is um, real, real nice. Mahardy pulls Darby out the ring and then everybody starts brawling. Uh, so, like, Darby and the Dark Order are basically brawling with the Hardy family to close the show. Uh, Ty comes out and takes out the bunny. Um, and, yeah, Darby, like, dives on Mahardy and just beats the shit out of him. Yeah, that's a pretty hardcore dive, that, uh, Darby. Um, and literally, the, la- literally the last, like, five seconds of the show is just Darby, like, spearing Matt into the barricade from, from the ring. And then just way more than <laughs> and Just beating the shit out of him as the camera goes off. As, yeah. um, um, as Tony Giovanni promotes Tarzan. Yeah. <laughs> As a uh, Derby does like his best Tarzan swing out the ring, um, and yeah, that closes the show. Uh, after the show, there's a little promo where Derby's well, Sting's kind of talking about how great the match was, and then Derby's like praising Silver. Uh, it's revealed that Silver may have dislocated the shoulder in that match on the finish, um, and he may be injured. So hopefully, thought to with John Silver, hopefully he's okay. Yeah, get get well soon, dude. You, you definitely. Are He's definitely a favourite of the podcast, isn't he? Um, I was going to say, he's definitely one of our favourites on the podcast. And I think he's really like getting, he's getting the similar sort of momentum to like what Orange Cassidy got last year when he got that push. Yeah. Um, and it would be nice to see like Silver eventually taking the belt off someone or maybe even Silver and Reynolds getting tight titles. Either way, they definitely deserve belt in AW because they're doing very good. I feel, I feel like, the especially the way they've um, talked about it, it, it really does feel like the TNT title has like a an affinity with the Dark Order. So it'd be really cool to see him be the one eventually. I'm not saying straight away, but somewhere down the line, it'd be cool to see Silver be the one to bring that belt back to them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the original plan wasn't it meant to be a, similar to like Raven and Stevie Richards, where Silver was going to be like Brody's Stevie Richards. Yeah. Well, that's why um, Brody bought him the um the, the, the matching outfit and everything. Yeah. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, that we never got to see that happen. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, really good show. Uh, highs and lows. What we yeah. Oh, goddamn. Uh, well, it was, I guess, like we said before, it was a fantastic show. Um, there wasn't a bad match on the show. Like, it was it was portable bangers in the ring. Yeah, if I had to pick a low, I'll go low first, and then we'll, we'll end on the high. Uh, if I had to pick a low first, I'd say it was probably the sort of the weird, the weird energy on the Cutie Marshall Cody segment. Yeah, where they they kind of haven't they're not established as and, and I get the I get the idea that it's meant to be like Cutie Marshall turning heel slowly, but like Cody came out and didn't really didn't really solidify his position, if that makes sense. And so yeah. we're going into we're going into an exhibition match where it might just be two guys trying to stiff each other, and we don't know. You know, it could be. Uh, I, I feel I feel like a bit confused about the whole situation with what's going on with those two. Yeah. Because I yeah, thought the... I, I thought the feud was Cutie and Lee Shoy, but now it's Cutie and Cody. It's always about Cody, mate. So um, that's that's my only that's my, that's the only thing I can really nitpick out of the whole um, the whole show. And I'm going to take for my high. I'm going to take the open match because it was the best match on the show it was the best match on a show of really good matches and yeah it, it's made me it's made me excited about Matt Sardell now which I didn't think they could do so yeah fair play um, for me I'm I'm with you on the low the Cody QZ thing was just weird um, and just just as a whole as well 
Um, there was a lot of like those sort of Shivani interviewing people on the stage. Um, like yeah, sort of things. It, it almost feels like they've got that into like that's like their crutch now. If they need a, if they need like someone, if they need yeah. an exposition for a few, they'll just have Tony interview on stage, and it's getting a bit weird. It, it, it's one of those things that AEW seem to do a lot, which is kind of like well, you, you can mix it up where they'll they'll have like one specific thing every week that will happen like and even to another to another extent like after every single match there was a beat down yeah they, again, they, they, they do love that again yeah um but again it's just like we don't need it after every single fucking match like uh, to be to be fair there wasn't one in the first match yeah there was one in the first match, but then there was one in the pinnacle uh, match. There was one in women's the match, and then the main six event. man tag. There was one in the women's match. There was one in the main event. Um, so yeah, it's still it's just that's just me nitpicking again. Um, I just want to see a bit, a little bit like less of the same thing happening after every match because it's something I criticize WWE for when they like, do it. So. You can have a beat down, be backstage. You know, it doesn't have to always be in the ring after a match. Can I, you can have an interview be backstage. You don't have to have Tony meet them on the fucking stage. Yeah, there were, um, there, there were no backstage bits on this night, which is kind of weird. There was um, there was one. There was like the Dark Order bit at the start, and there was like the Christian uh, with the Varsity Blondes bit. Yeah, but there was no interview. There was no like Alex Marvez interviewing someone backstage or. Well, that Dash was interviewing Yeah, but yeah, it was. It's odd how um, they, they. It's odd. It's almost like they. Because a couple of weeks ago, it was like they were using Alex Marvez a lot to interview someone, and now all of a sudden they're using Tony a lot, like in the ring, which is weird. How they they sort of they're always one or all the other, and like they're not mixing it up, which is it's kind of odd. Maybe Marvez needs to take some time off, um, possibly. Uh, my my high point was the main event, Darby and Silver. I thought it was a really good match. Yeah, um, okay. I mean, you could you could easily pick. I mean, all these matches were like, I'd say. All, all the matches were good. I'd say they were like four to four and a half star matches. And yeah. it's, it's just a case um, of personal preference which one you thought was the best out of all of them, really. Yeah, I think the Derby and the Silver match really did a good job of kind of like, even though I knew Derby was probably going to retain, there was multiple times in that match where I thought fucking Silver's won this. Yeah, and they can do and, that because the more they build it and the more like Derby wins all these matches and has all these defences, you can just always throw that little two point nine count in there that makes you pop and makes you think, "Oh shit, is this is this this is it?" You know. And it, yeah, there, it, there was a couple. There was a couple of moments in that match where I thought genuinely that Silver had won the match, um, and that that's a sign of a really good match for me. Where he, even though it, I expect a near fall to happen, I can still think, "Oh my god, he's done it." Um, even even though you know logically what's probably going to happen, you can you can in the in the heat of the match you can suspend your disbelief for like those couple of seconds to think, oh shit, no, what if what if it's just it's about to happen? You know, if you think it through, you're like, oh no, there's no way they're going to because it's the first the first open challenge. There's no way they're going to put on silver. But then when when because the match gets you so involved and it it, it works so well, yeah, there's, there's that fast split second you can trick yourself into believing that it could it could go another way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, an, another really really solid episode of Dynamite. Um, no complaints for me other than what I did say. Um, again, I'm always say complaints. Picking. These these are small little things about like we're talking about like literally ten minutes out of a two hour show here, are we? Yeah. So it's it's not it's not like 
like Raw this week, for example, where I thought it was a good show till the last hour, and then the last hour fucked it all up. Um, it's it's like little bit little things you've done on the show where it's like, well, you could have done something a bit differently there. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, before we go, Big Tasty, where can we get our bearding and beer needs fulfilled, please? Well, you can go to thatchface.com for your beard essentials. Um, thatchface.com, they have a wicked range. I'm using wicked because I'm down with the kids. I've got to do the skateboarding. I don't. Um, you can use the thatchface.com, but they've got an awesome selection. I mean, awesome as well. Awesome selection of beard products, oils, brushes, gift sets. They've got apparel. They've got everything you need. Uh, really cool sort of scents, like really nice different ones, sort of more classic ones. Uh, you can use the code TROYXL85 currently to get 20% off your order. Uh, there is a new code coming, apparently, uh, we've been told. So we're going to uh, keep for now TROYXL85, get you 20% off. Um, and they're also a really cool company, and as in some of their proceeds, every sale go to testicular cancer charities. So it's a good cause, it's a great product, and it's a great discount if you use Try F85 as your code, and if you need some beer, you can head to topperbrewing.com. Uh, I have a, I have a an indecent thing to to promote here. So we are we are actually partnering with What Culture. Though so, you know the guys, uh, you might have heard of them. They're a, they're a, they're another wrestling podcast company. I, I don't know if, if the kid even knows. I don't know. I don't know what they're up to. I've never never heard of them myself. Um, on you know another wrestling podcast. Um, so we are doing a WrestleMania survival pack. Which is uh, it's forty five pound for twelve beers, and you can get it shipped for free if you use the code that here's why so code here's why all lowercase, um, and that will be delivered to you in time for WrestleMania weekend, um, and it's going to be enough beer to get you through the entirety of the, the the mammoth wrestling program we have coming up, including our brand new beers themed around Roman Reigns and Edge, so you can drink along with the main event. Nice, and nice. that's all the way from toprebrewing.com. Uh, and if you watch What Culture, they're doing some little promo for it, and we've done a little video for them. Everything. So yeah, it's all really cool. Nice, sounds good. Um, also, if you want to find us on social media, you can find us uh, on YouTube and Facebook. Search Untitled Wrestling Podcast, uh, Twitter, Discord, and Twitch Untitled Rest Pod. Um, on our Twitch, you can see us like doing uh, Aaron Place Sonic Adventure. I'm I do Halo every now and again, and I'm do some Resident Evil Five with Troy. Um, and we have our Saturday night open gaming um, night, which if you want to be a part of, join our Discord server. Give us a shout. We'll send you all the details you need to know about that. Um, as always, guys, thanks for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Uh, Aaron's not here, so there is no silly bit at the end. You, you, you just can go now. See ya. <laughs> There's no nonsense at the end. <laughs>